It is your Classic Metal Show right here on theclassicmetalshow.com. That is brand new music from Ellefson. The tune is called Simple Truth. It is a it is a fundraising song for the people of Italy. And it is, even if it wasn't a fundraising song, it's just a cool song. It's a great Thanks. tune. And on the line right now is the vocalist of that song. He um he's toured the world now with Mr. David Ellefson, and he's established his own identity as a, I don't know, as a entrepreneur of everything metal these days he's involved with everything of course i'm talking about my old friend mr tom hazart tom how are you my friend yeah good man good i'm I'm great you know the song yeah you know it's so cool it wasn't intended it didn't start out as like a fundraiser song but we actually wrote it so we toured europe last year we did like nine shows in italy and half of our band our andy martin jelly our guitar player and paolo caridi our drummer live in italy so right. we actually wrote that song in Milan during a rehearsal for our tour last year. And then we kind of tracked it over the course of the last couple of months. And then we were sort of finishing up as this quarantine thing was happening. And they were over in Italy kind of at ground zero for this fucking thing. And, right. and that's kind of how the whole thing came up. with like, look, why don't we just give the proceeds? So we're, we're donating all the proceeds from that single to the Italian Red Cross. who are kind of in the forefront of the COVID-19 coordination efforts there in italy and always a, a great organization so yeah so we decided look we'll put out the single and any proceeds from that single again and it was just a taste we were going to put it out anyway it's kind of we're going right. to put it out in, in a month or two we just kind of rushed the timeline up a little bit and i'm stoked we've been sitting on that song for months and i just can't couldn't wait for people to hear it everybody i played it to kind of loved it and i was just like god can we just put it out already and sure. uh, i mean it, it wasn't even supposed to come out till friday on band camp just this morning Honestly, I just kind of got itchy and I had it all there. I just had my team just push it out. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just push it out today. So everybody got a little surprise this morning. And David went on Eddie Trunk on, on Friday and, and, and premiered it and talked about everything we're doing with the Ellison Youth Music Foundation and everything else. So it's fun, man. I've been getting to do a bunch of this. And so has David. And we've really been able to get out and talk about it and all the cool things we're doing right now in this downtime from the real world. Sure. Well, and you know, you mentioned the um, the Youth Foundation. It's it's the David Ellison Youth Music Foundation, and it's a um, it's a great cause all by itself. You know, one of the many things you guys are doing. Talk a little bit about the foundation and what led you and or David. I'm assuming both to not only form the foundation, but to put forth such an effort to work with with kids and with with people. You know, to learn music. Yeah, you know, sure. Look, me and David, we were talking at some point. Obviously, David's always been, you know, pretty active with charitable things. And, and I've always tried to do things in that vein. So we were just talking about, we actually started about doing a charity, about doing some kind of foundation. And, and just through the natural course of conversation, obviously, music and music education is very important to both of us. David well, says it all the time. He grew up in jackson minnesota he first played music in the school band i mean we so when we launched the foundation we actually went back to a jackson david's hometown the mayor declared david ellison day in jackson and we went back on that day and we launched the foundation with an event at the high school for the whole student body me and david kind of spoke to all the students and talked about music education we jackson and Hartkey and some of our, our sponsors gave us some gear and some some stuff that we donated to the school's music program. And, and, and that was just kind of the, the launch. And we did some other stuff. We, we, we were partnered with the Grammy Music Education Coalition, right. which is another amazing, uh, you know, like-minded organization that supports 
school music programs generally they you know it's funny our kind of focus is sort of you know more on like rural areas and and you're kind of like the places me and david came from you know and, and there and the the gmec is really kind of focused in inner city you know me, me and david and bumblefoot last year year before we were on tour and we went to boston and we did an event with the grammy music education coalition which was just amazing you know so it's been really cool to reach out on on both sides of the aisle doing stuff with you know personally with the foundation and then with the grammy music education coalition and you know i the cool you know the coolest thing about all this is i've been trying to find time for two years to really immerse myself more in the foundation and -hmm. our work and the things we're doing and i just didn't have time with the records and the labels and combat and all the stuff we're doing and touring the world and doing all this stuff so it's basically like the universe said you know what everything you're doing doesn't matter anymore so haha and and it really just became this opportunity where i've been able to fully for the first time ever immerse myself in just the charity work and the foundation and just in that short time it's really we launched the schools out initiative and now this fundraiser thing we're doing on saturday and so yeah i mean it really kind of in these few weeks since the uh you know since the quarantine lockdown Mm -hmm. You know, and I've really been, for the most part, just fully immersed in the work of the foundation. And and David, too. I mean, look, Megadeth was supposed to be recording a record right now. All their plans kind of got put on ice. So, look, we both kind of just made a conscious decision that let's really focus our efforts on the foundation and do some good in this time when people, especially kids, really need it. You know, so it's been it's been wonderful. Sure. Now, you know, I was I was reading a little bit about the foundation and I saw the monster companies that you guys are working with, Dolby yeah. and FedEx and Cisco and whatnot. And I have to wonder, and this is definitely a you question, not an Ellison question, because I know this had to be you. How in the world do you guys convince major corporations to work with a bunch of long haired rocker guys? I know. That- I know. Look at me. It's so funny. We've had like Cisco, who and their WebEx platform, which is you know a video conf, a corporate video conferencing platform that's wonderful. Right. That we, I shouldn't even be on Skype right now. I feel like a traitor, but um, <laughs> but no. So we've been using we we launched the Schools Out initiative, which basically is David and a bunch of our friends, Kiko and Dirk from Megadeth and Clint Lowry, and I wish my phone would shut up, and <laughs> Nita Strauss and Chad Zaliga from Blackstar Riders, and you know Chad Cleveland boy, you know a, bun- a bunch of our friends basically just giving. Chris Kale from Five Finger Death Punch, basically just giving Chris Poland. I mean, it's just such a long list. Giving lessons to uh, to kids over over WebEx, and that's how we kind of got Cisco to partner with us. One of one of my friends, actually, Jason Gooley, who has a great uh, little thing he does called Metal DevOps. He's one of the top engineers at Cisco. So, and we always talk about music and nerd out on tech stuff and whatever. So, you know, it, it was all him the, how the Cisco connection came to be. You know, and and Dolby, uh, Dolby has a, a new app that just launched called Dolby On. That it basically it's it's great. It's right on your phone, and you can record mobile audio kind of on your device with Dolby quality. You can record video, and you can stream from it directly to Facebook Live. And now they just launched launched Twitch integration. So we've been working with them on kind of the launch of that through the Grammy Music Education Coalition. So all these things kind of come to fruition from different places and from different different avenues you know what i mean so it's been you know it's been really cool uh, but yeah we definitely it's so funny though we've been on corporate calls with cisco and it's like me and this and david and then these like super core but they're all really cool they're all super stoked to talk to david and they all love megadeth but they're in their suits and ties and right you know. <laughs> 
you know, nice military muster haircuts. And right. but they're all super sweet and super friendly. And we work with some of the greatest people in the world. And, and Cisco has been so generous. We just applied for a technology grant for um, they have these. This is called a DX80. And it's basically a, that it's basically a desktop all-in-one video conferencing platform. It's got a webcam built in and speakers and a mic. And I actually am running it as a secondary monitor too. So mm-hmm. they're, you know, they're giving us a bunch of those for the instructors for the Schools Out initiative. And they've been super generous and, and great. And they're really, they have a lot, they do a lot of amazing charity stuff within the company with their their giving back initiative. So again, I can't say enough great things about Cisco and, and, and Dolby and the Grammy Music Education Coalition and Jackson and Hartke and Samson and, sure and all the companies that sponsor us and all of our other endeavors too dude i i would give anything for a photo of of you guys walking into a conference room with a bunch of suits suited up guys and you two walking into that conference but you know it's so funny we do it all the time and we catch them off guard because we walk in and we just look like rock and roll you know right. even somebody, i was doing an interview last week and they're kind of talking about this whole quarantine situation and the COVID 19 and they're like, well, look, the, the voice, the real voice of reason is people like you and David. I'm like, it's really a sad state of affairs when the scumbag, long-haired rock and roll dude in a Motley Crue shirt is the voice of reason in any situation. But, you know, we walk in and we kind of, again, people don't expect us to be as business-oriented and focused and kind of sure. just ahead as we are and we come in. And people just go, oh, okay. You know, at first they're, you know, the novelty is kind of like, oh. And then they're like, oh, shit, okay, these guys are serious. <laughs> Exactly. Well, well, Tom, let's, let's talk about the last, oh, I don't know, year or so in your life. You know, the last time I talked to you, you were getting ready to tour. Now you've obviously toured and the tour to, to my knowledge was super successful and you reached a ton of people in a ton of places. I've got to imagine for you, who's always been behind the scenes, more or less, you know, finding bands to be out front, it's a very different experience. Did you learn a bunch of new shit, or, or was it was it what you, you know, expected, or what? I mean, like, I've been kind of teaching people how to do that for 25 years. You know what I mean? It's like, that's kind of what I did. So stuff I always sort of knew. I mean, like, you learn. There's nothing that's ever going to replace the experience of being on stage every night, night after night, for months and months and months at a time. You know, so, again, I learned a lot as far as just personally but you know it's all concepts i all it's funny though you can tell people how to do it but until you go out and do it yourself i mean it, it's really a different perspective just yeah the last year has been amazing obviously me and david put out the new book more life with death we put out the sleeping giants record which did phenomenally well it debuted on like 13 billboard charts the book sold out of the first printing in like a week and a half right you know so it's been you know phenomenally successful very exciting then we went out and you know, obviously did did the the tour in America, did a great book tour, a bunch of Barnes and Noble, a bunch of really cool FYE signings, a lot of really cool, you know, again, corporate retailers that really got behind it and were really supportive and, and obviously some really cool independent retailers too that we went and did stuff with. But yeah, so we did the US tour, then we went and did the Mega Cruise, and that was I mean, I can't even tell you how cool that was. Basically, obviously, as you know, Mustaine couldn't go. You know, right. he didn't go on the cruise because he was he, he because of his cancer diagnosis. So me and David played, and Kiko and Dirk basically sat in with us. So I mean, we were the Megadeth of the Mega Cruise basically, and it was. I mean, I tell you what, you want to talk about nerve wracking, and I, I mean, look, you know, the coolest thing about I mean, again, it's just me. It's like just second nature. I sing this stuff and our songs and some of that Megadeth stuff, and it's just something like I've prepared my whole life to do. I mean, Megadeth has been my favorite band since I was. 
13 years old. You know what I mean? So it's like to step up there and sing Liar and Hook and Mouth and Peace Cells and Symphony. And uh, yeah, a lot of the stuff we played is focused on like the older kind of so far, so good, so what? Right. I mean, you know, I got that. You know, I stare at it all day. I mean, that's kind of more my period is the early right the early stuff you know what i mean so yeah we we play a lot of stuff that megadeth didn't really play but that was amazing man having dirk and kiko jump up with us and you know megadeth management were all there and electra mustaine was there and it was just like no pressure you know but right. <clears throat> and it was packed there's probably like four thousand people in that room it was crazy but uh, it was it was so cool because it was this really weird room with a low stage and but huge like the size of a theater and it was just packed front to back but it was like the stage we were like just barely above the crowd so it was like it was like a club show man it was like seeing megadeth in 1988 at like cbgb's but like if it could hold 3000 people you know but after you know electra came up to me and said you know that was so great thank you so much for doing this for my, my dad and my family and that really i mean that just made it all worth it you know what do you what do you I mean, what do you say to that you know it's a very humbling to be able to step into those shoes and and, and just make people happy and kind of again give them you know a little taste of megadeth and and, and hopefully i did it justice and Everybody, Dirk and Kiko and everybody else in management and Electra said I did. So, you know, it was definitely a humbling moment. Then we went from that straight to Europe. Obviously, the show we did with KK Downing, the More Live with Death show in Wolverhampton. Which, So I went from basically that to the, the Judas Priest fanboy experience. So we went to, to England and we did a, <clears throat> a show with KK, Les Binks, Ripper Owens, and uh, AJ Mills, who now, as you know, all off of that formed KK's priest, which basically started from that show. We started from me and David talking about doing a book event at KK's steel mill and seeing if KK wanted to do like a signing or meet and greet with us. I went to, Hey, why don't you play a couple of songs with us, which turned into, Hey, let's get Ripper and Les. And <laughs> we built this whole priest, ba super mega priest band for the night. Right. That was David and all those guys. And so basically uh, blaze Bailey opened. Then me and David did our set with our band. And then uh, David, Ripper, Les, AJ, and KK did a whole preset. And then I came back out for the encore. And me and Ripper sang Take on the World and uh, Breaking the Law okay. together. No. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> you. Bottom line is you you lived the experience. Live, live, living, after mid, living after midnight. We did living after midnight. Yeah. So. And it was amazing. I mean, it was really, it was really an amazing experience. So then we went from that to just doing our normal tour across a couple of shows in the UK, across Italy, Switzerland, Europe, which was great. And then we came home and we actually had Australia and Japan booked with Chris Poland for May. Obviously that kind of got pushed back to next year now. Right. And uh, I'd be remiss, I guess, if I didn't mention this. So I also through this whole thing, now I'm singing with Chris Poland. So we, right. Chris got, inducted into the metal hall of fame at nam this year and right. uh me and phil demo inducted him and so basically i snagged our backup band from the u.s that we'd been touring with opus and dave sharp from dead by wednesday and uh ricky benazza the bass player who plays with the butcher babies now and uh and demo ended up jamming with us too which was awesome so we basically became chris's band so we played you know, we we played at the ceremony together with Chris, and then me and Demo inducted Chris, and then Chris actually got up with Steve Vai and Joe. We so basically the last two things of the night were us and Chris, and then Steve Vai jo, and Joe Satriani, and uh, they all got up. Satriani, Vai, Jeff Tate, and Chris Poland, 
and did Paranoid, which was awesome. And they all just, the three guitar players, it was like G3 for 10 minutes. It was amazing. So to get to be a part of that night with Chris and, you know, kind of facilitate the thing with Vi and Satch. And dude, after we played, like, I kind of walked by Steve Vi and kind of bumped him and he turned around and said, dude, that was fucking awesome. You were so entertaining to watch. I'm like, thank you, Steve Vi. Like, <laughs> like, again, it was one of those moments, like, with Electro, like, just, you just, like, are just humbled in this big and you're like, fuck, you know, thank you. <laughs> it, it, it's a, it's a long way from Flybanger and Ricketts, man. <laughs> that's sure, it that's, sure is. And I'm not shitting sure on is. And I'm just saying, you know, that's, I mean, you went, you went from kind of managing up and coming small bands to, you know, hobnobbing with the biggest artists in the world, man. Well, look, yeah, a lot of those small bands became big bands and, you know, I mean, again, I've just always kind of sort of been involved with a lot of stuff from the ground up. I like this whole solo thing with David. I mean, look, we built it from the ground up, you know what I mean? I wish, you know, I mean, that's what was so cool about it. You know, I mean, me and David built this whole thing. David had never done a solo thing ever, right. you know what I mean? And that's, you know, in 30 plus years in Megadeth, he'd never done a solo thing. We did it at five in Temple of Brutality and something. We'd never done a proper David Ellison solo band, you know? Right. And that was, again, it just built, and it was totally organic. Again, he was out doing the base story thing, that concept that me and him came up with. And which again was kind of like a G3, like a base clinic for him. He'd go out and play to an iPod and talk to people and tell stories Right, And then it evolved into, we did it with a bunch of our combat bands and they'd come up and they'd each learn a couple of Megadeth songs and jam with him. And then we went out doing a similar thing just with a backup band with really no vocals. And then it turned into, Hey, you want to come up and sing peace cells or come up and sing something. And I, one night and I did, and then, all right, tomorrow we're going to do devil's Island too. Okay. And then it turned into, we wrote some songs and it was just this whole, you know, last year in, Tampa, we did this thing called the PBX Playback Independent Music Expo, which was like a music industry conference. It was me, David, Troy Sanders from Mastodon, Mike Klink, who produced Appetite for Destruction and Rest in Peace, Max Norman, right. um, Toby Wright, Jason Beeler, Head from Corn. I, I mean, the list goes on. And so Bumblefoot, um, Dirk was there. And, and so we did an all star jam at the brass, an all star jam bass story at the brass mug in Tampa. And so me, David Bumblefoot, whoever played Mr. Brownstone, and then with Head and Dirk, we played Symphony. So, and Max Norman and Clink were there, so I, I had to sing Mr. Brownstone and Symphony Destruction in front of the guys who produced them. So again, it's all these weird, surreal situations. But that led to me and David writing Vultures. I was like, let's we we work with a studio in Tampa called Master Sound. I was like, let's just go to the studio and write a fucking song. So we did. We went in and wrote Vultures in like 10 minutes. We went in with Opus and Dave from Dead by Wednesday, and we just jammed, and literally Dave had this riff, and it just turned into a song. And then the next day, I we tracked it. I threw down, wrote some vocals, threw it down, and that became the basis of the Sleeping Giants record. And and that started with, hey, let's do one song we can release with the book. And then, again, it just everything we do has just been this organic process where it's never us trying to do anything. It's just kind of, well, we might as well try this now, you know, and it just evolves into this core and core thing and now this record we're writing now i mean it's i'm biased but it's fucking mind-blowing i mean even david like as we write this stuff i mean he's you know the cool thing is it doesn't sound like megadeth at all i mean like i think it's heavy enough and in the in the pocket enough that megadeth fans will like it and appreciate it 
but it really showcases showcases Dave. I mean, you listen to Simple Truth and hear the you know. I mean, you hear it, you know it's it's David. And those yeah. are the moments when I hear it as a fan and go, "Holy shit, I'm going to band with the guy from Megadeth," you know. <laughs> exactly. Now, I, I'm curious: Has Mustaine? Have you met with Mustaine since you've been singing with David at no. all? Nope. No, I, I have interacted. I'll tell you this: I have interacted with Dave Mustaine twice. In the entire time I've worked with David, just okay. pleasant, short little, hey, how you doing? We sat at a lunch table at Rock on the Range together for five minutes. And now, okay. I mean, look, we all kind of function in our own little right. isolated worlds. I mean, me and Dave, and, 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 you know, now it's getting more and more where I manage David's stuff and Megadeth, and I kind of deal with management on certain things. But the, the worlds are very, very, very separate. They let us do our thing, which is what we do, and nobody really gives us any shit, and David suits up, shows up, and rocks out for Megadeth, and you know, but they, they've been very supportive and cool and don't really complain about anything we do, and, and, and again, so it's been, you know, again, I have the utmost respect for Mustaine and the, and the Megadeth camp and everything they do, but they're just, again, to me, it's just two totally separate ends of of a spectrum, and it was kind of like that when I worked with Phil Collin, too, from Def Leppard. He was kind of over, you know, doing Man Rays and operating kind of his own little wheelhouse away from the the Def Leppard organization but they were all supportive and they were all cool and all those guys are great and but again we just kind of operate over here on Ellison Island you know sure. doing our little doing our little thing you know that mm -hmm. becomes less and less little all the time right well with with the everything that goes on on Ellison Island as you put it yep. how have you been able to to manage or or balance the musician part of it and the touring and everything with all the other pieces. I mean, you obviously have EMP. You obviously have monster energy. That's how <laughs> monster and a lot of elephants and coffee, maybe. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, I'm not, you know, the funny thing is I don't even drink that. I'm more of a cold coffee guy, which is funny. I don't drink a lot of, I love coffee, but I'm, I don't, I, I'm not a guy who I have to wake up and drink a pot of coffee. I like, asked David, David's like the coffee guy, you know, right. I love coffee. You know, I was real involved in the company and picking our brands and kind of David's, David's the coffee guy, you know what I mean? And I'm more, you know, I mean, I'm more I'm Diet Mountain Dew monster. You know, I'm more a espresso cappuccino cold coffee, you know? <laughs> right. Well, I, I tell everybody, I am a coffee guy, and I tell everybody that Roast in Peace is arguably the best coffee on the market. You know, oh, well, thank you. Yeah, you know, we put a lot of time and care into those roasts, and it's all hand roasted and really, I mean, we're really, so everything we do are selective. EMP, the coffee. I mean, again, we don't just throw shit against the wall and hope it sticks. I mean, I, I, I think hopefully that comes across that we put everything we have in everything we do, whether it's music, whether it's books, coffee, the labels. I mean, again, it's always, you know, we're, we're a little label and we do, you know, it's hard, man. Running a label in 2020 is hard. And it's not like we're this funded, you know, it's not 1991. It's not Atlantic records. I mean, again, everything's shoestring. Everything's very, you know, kind of, this is what it is right now, but we, we do our best to put out records. And I think they get for, you know, the time and place in our business. I think they all, they all get a lot of attention and, you know, uh, again, so like it's, we, we put everything we have into everything we do. And I think that's the main thing about David. And that's what I love about him. Neither of us compromise and neither of us ever really want to do anything half-assed. We're kind of, if we're in, we're all in, you know? Right. And you know, the, the unique thing about David, and you can speak to this, even though it's a direct only about David thing, he doesn't seem to, at least outsider looking in, and I've known David for, you know, 10, 15 years at this point as well. He's not one of those guys 
that relies on what he's done in the past. You can you can interview him ten times in a row, and he'll never say, "Well, when I won the Grammy with Megadeth, <laughs> I know it's not true. that guy. He's always he's always humbled. Like, well, yeah, I was in this band, and meanwhile, it's oh yeah, this band that just happened to sell fifty million records or whatever it is. It's like you're not a little musician, but he's always so humble. It seems like about his own accomplishments. Yes, I mean, I mean, look, when we go down and and we've experienced, I mean, again, when we go down and, and we do this new band and we do some, we do these kind of more club level shows and it's, but he's always smiling. He's always happy. He always meets the fans and I have my place. He has his, but I mean, again, that's what he is. He's so great and so humble. And, you know, most people would be like, fuck this, you know, why are we in this little club playing for 200 people? But it's like, yeah. he loves it. And we go out and it's, it's fun, man. I mean, look, the arena thing is fun. And I, he has a blast playing a Megadeth and they're an amazing band, but there's something to be said for going out and getting it like, in, in our in you know an intimate punk rock venue and in people's faces playing this you know really punk rock kind of hard rock that me and david are doing now again there's something to be said for that man i think to him we were always joking around last year we're in a minivan or like a you know an suv touring around minnesota and iowa and calling it the killing is my business tour and you know what i mean it's like it really i i think part of him loves getting back down to that level and getting dirty i mean like part of it is a little like eh, this again but yeah right. he's always so humble and so cool and i love it i love listening to his interviews like i was just saying this the other day like i, I mean we've been best friends for years i mean we talk hours a day sure. and i still listen to every interview he does and i can listen to him talk for hours on end you know what i mean it's like you know that's the great thing is you know i know most half the time i know what he's going to say and i'm still just intrigued by all of it and he always has new shit to talk about like he never is like oh well a year ago it's always like this 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 and this i mean we keep moving <laughs> no, no question man well well tom where how can people help support the foundation and or just buy simple truth and whatnot where yeah, where can well, people go to help out a little bit a couple of things so this saturday one last thing i want to touch on we're doing sure. a uh, a streaming online fundraiser called Oh Say Can You Stream with the uh, the Grammy Music Education Coalition that's going to broadcast on their Twitch channel, on David's Facebook and YouTube, a couple other places. And we have, God, I'm going to have to open the list for this. I mean, it's insane. Um, I, we have uh, David and, and, and my band, obviously, Kiko, Dirk, uh, co-host Craig Gass, Ricky Rackman, John Jamison, Jim Florentine, um, geez, so many people, Carmine Apice, Jason McMaster, Bumblefoot, Clint Lowry from Seven Dust, Allison Cheryl Cooper, their son Dash, who's on co-op on our label, uh, a bunch of the guys, you know, and there's a bunch of cool pop culture people, Brian O'Halloran, Marilyn Giuliani, and uh, Scott Schiaffo and Ernie O'Donnell from Clerks. Uh, Scott was the Chili's gum guy and Ernie's Rick Darris. And again, a bunch of, they were all in a bunch of the you know, kind of Kevin Smith universe right. movies, but yeah, Frank Cannon, Mark Slaughter, Chips Enough, Adam Green, the horror producer, the soup Nazi from Seinfeld, uh, Dave Alvin from White Trash, Danny Cooksey, you know, from Terminator 2 and Bad for Good, Chris Poland. Greg Hatson from the Circle Jerks. I, I mean, Whitfield Crane from Ugly Kid Joe, Burton C. Bell. They might be zombies and Loyal Order, a couple of the newer bands we're working with. I mean, it's really like a star. And we have some more that aren't announced yet, too. I mean, Charlie Benante from Anthrax. Like, there's so many people. I can't even. <laughs> 
And that, so that's going to be Saturday at three central on, uh, again, the Grammy Music Education Coalition Twitch channel and David's Facebook and YouTube kind of simulcast a couple of places. So we're, we're raising funds through that for our David Ellison Youth Music Foundation, the Schools Out initiative. And we're going to be pushing some general COVID-19 relief charities during that as well. Okay. And uh, if, you, if you want more information or to donate, you can go to our Ellison, Ellison Youth Music Foundation.org and there's a donate link on there. Um, and, uh, you can donate through that. You can go to bandcamp, ellison.bandcamp.com and pick up the, uh, the simple truth single. And you can either pick, pick it up as a single or as a, an EP, which has the Max Norman remix of vultures and then live versions of if you were God and vultures that we recorded in actually in Milan, Italy last year. So yeah, I mean, look, those are the ways people can support and on Bandcamp, you can also, pay more and and anything you know you can pay whatever you want for it it's a dollar for the single but you can pay five ten and anything over obviously goes towards the to to the red cross efforts as well very cool well it sounds like sounds like a great thing and and i'll tell you what everybody even if look everybody here even though even if you're not working you got two bucks so go over there buy the single for a buck donate an extra buck there you go two bucks it goes to charity help people out that are a lot, lot worse off than you are sitting at home watching Netflix or watching this video. Oh <laughs> <laughs> well, man, thank you again. It's always a pleasure coming on and talking about all this stuff. And there's always so much to talk about. We talk like once a year. Yeah. It's always like last time we were talking. I think we were talking about getting ready to do the tour and all the stuff. And I think the book might have just come out or was about to in the record. And you know, I think then we were just talking about all this stuff coming out. And now it's so weird. A year later, in retrospect, just going back and like, wow, it's all done now. And we did all this crazy shit, you know? Exactly, man. Well, dude, uh, tradition on the show, artist always picks a track to go out with. It could be it could be one of your tracks. It could be just anything you like. What would you like us to wrap this one up with? Ah, man. It really is. Like, I, I, had an, I had answers prepared for everything else. Um, Ted, how about you know we were just talking with them, and I'm I'm gonna you might not even have this one, so I can send it to you. you know, but how about Apple Pie by White Trash? I've been t- I was talking about them last night, and I love Dave Alvin, and so yeah, play that. All right, and I absolutely do have that. I was a big fan of that. All yeah, right, well let's, well let's check it out. It's Apple Pie. It's White Trash right here on your classic middle show. Down, 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 bump it up. <laughs> 